In this episode, we invite our guest Graham Sourtag into the Pagan Place. He's going to sing us a few tunes, talk about high school songwriting, music from our youth, and the new emotions of fatherhood. So sit back, sip your poison, and enjoy the ride. I'm Kalen Capson, and these are the Pagan Place Sessions. kid I, I liked music it was it was around the house they'd always play it at Christmas time but I didn't I don't remember really liking music till I was probably about like 12 12 or 13 somewhere there and then it got really became really important for me but I think that was more like me identifying with certain bands um, what I like about playing music is kind of the just creating something I guess out of thin air like being able to take take an instrument and make it do things and just building things out of it. That moment where you, you hear a new song or something like that or someone someone plays something you've never heard before and you get that kind of that wow moment like like oh this this kind of changes things now I guess. It's like you're you're on this clear course that you've been on for a while and then you hear something new. And uh, I heard I've been here in the wilderness of Manitoba, and I keep thinking like, though this is a, it's a good band. I like I like a lot of their songs, and then they have this one song, Big Skies, and that was like one of those moments where I was like, like man, I thought I had this figured out. I thought I, I thought I had these guys figured out, and you know this whole radio block figured out, and then I heard this song, and I was like, this just changes everything, man. Like this is this is different. I guess it can it can shift paradigms in your thinking. I guess is what I'm getting at. You watch The Simpsons. Every time you watch an old Simpsons episode, you get something new. But music, I mean, you, you get new things, but I feel like the relationship's so much more profound right away. Like, it's so immediate, a lot of the rewards. I mean, I started playing music when I was eight. We were all singers in the same conglomerate. Um, we were all scouted from young ages because <laughs> we had the gift of pitch. Um, I was tall. They needed someone for the back. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I had a round cherub face, and I, I was a blonde kid with a bowl cut. I think they. I just fit a quota in the choir. They're like, "Well, we got all these brunette kids. Maybe we should get a, a blonde kid in there somewhere." <laughs> they needed someone to sing the German Christmas hymn. That was it. Someone they needed. The a, so, yeah, just it. The albums. Fill up. Fill up the. Fill up the Imperial Theater on December twenty third. Um, I started playing piano when I was probably about nine, and I did that for till I was sixteen, I think. So I played I played piano for well over well over twenty years, but I mean I didn't I didn't get into into actually wanting to create my own music until I I got a little bit older, and I mean before I if you played like 
like my, my music teacher had to find ridiculous songs to keep me interested. So it was like, today we're going to play the Imperial March because I know you like that song. You like those movies. Today we're going to play the Indiana Jones theme song <laughs> because I can't get you to practice anything else because I need to find something you like. So I had a good teacher. I had a good piano teacher. But when I started writing songs, I was in high school and I was probably about 15, which is the worst. 15-year-olds are just, as far as their emotions and their the way their brains work, you get ridiculous things. It's funny. I was actually talking to a student of mine at school. I was... Uh, he asked me if I had been in a band before, and I said, oh, well, I've been playing bands since I was in high school. He said, did you ever write your own songs? And I could remember one song that I wrote a long time ago, and it's awful. And I played it in its entirety for them, because it was the first time I played it probably in 10 years. And these kids were just, like, blown away. A, that I could just pull this song out of nowhere, and B, just the stupidity that was coming out of my mouth. And I was like, no, no, you don't get it. Like... At the time, this was a scathing indictment of, you know, what society was like and, you know, how we just, we do just stupid things and we watch TV all day and blah, blah, blah. And I just wrote about dumb stuff, man. Like, so I've, I've matured a bit. Like, for one thing, I can't write lyrics to save my life. Like, I, I have a, I have an English degree. On paper, I should be able to write lyrics. And I should understand. I know what good lyrics are, but I can't think of them for the life of me. Like, it's just... Playing music, I kind of feel like I'm in a state of arrested development. Like I'm, I'm 32 now. I feel like musically, I'm maybe about a 15 year old again. Like you know, I just kind of, as far as my songwriting goes, it's, it's still at that kind of real infancy stage. I don't do it often enough that I feel confident in it, but I feel like I am kind of progressing a little bit. What do you think is a driving force in you? music because you have a huge repertoire I'd say boredom I get bored really easily I got bored playing the piano I mean I started playing guitar because my band in high school broke up I was a singer originally I didn't play guitar until I was probably about 17 and I bought one because I had this momentum from writing songs and I wanted to keep doing it and then I hit this crazy this crazy hurdle where I didn't know how to play guitar <laughs> I wanted to keep writing songs but I had to learn how to play the guitar first. So it was like, I don't know, I feel like it took me about five or six years to get okay enough at the guitar that I could write songs. And by that point, I was like, well, I just like playing the guitar, you know, like, I just enjoy it. I guess, like, as far as my drive goes right now, I I want the, I try to think about the, you know, the students that I, I work with, you know, kind of think about you know what they're exposed to and what kind of instruments they have around them and I guess try to get them as interested in music as as I am and really I don't have much time to play or listen to new things anymore but when I do when I do uh, teach and work with kids it's I kind of have to push myself a little bit and think oh yeah that's right I, I play this instrument I play a couple of instruments that's a, that's something of value that I can you know pass on to other people you know like to have them see how valuable it is, I guess. I don't know. What, what drives you, man? Like, come on. Drive? I don't know. I was bored. I was bad at stuff. Because I was awful for years. I was terrible. I guess I wanted to I'd be kind of self-sufficient, you know, be able to write songs and, and play my own music and have my own voice. Be kind of, you know, like some of my, my idols, you know? But... There's a 
there's nothing good on TV, but I don't have time to blink. They televised the dripping of a rusted kitchen sink. No bachelor with a rose, no stoic lifeguard pose. Just 20 seconds, better hurry, cause the factory's gonna close. I could head on over to cable, try to find some substance there. But that's a big commitment and I've got no time to spare Just let them try to sell me something, I'm not some stupid sheep I'm just killing time before I have to drag my ass to sleep There's nothing good on TV, I'm picking at my nose The wife is right beside me, painting colors on her toes And if she were to tell me, pick a dusty rose Stupid song. <laughs> well, that was you asked for two originals, two originals and a cover, and I I had kind of I had one original pretty much short up. I too actually I I kind of thought for sure I was going to be, be playing, and I ended up playing neither of them. The cover I knew from the start what I was going to play, but uh, when it came time for two originals, I kind of sat down. Well, I sat down months ago because that's when you asked me to do it. And I'm only getting to it now, <laughs> but. Uh, I, I kind of wrote out a bunch of lyrics and I, I recorded a couple of guitar parts, but uh, I kind of threw them out the window. And it was literally like I I, uh, I just picked up the guitar and it just took shape right away. But uh, that song was just kind of my my wife and I were watching. <laughs> this is embarrassing. We were watching uh, Bachelor in Paradise <laughs> last summer, <laughs> and I remember getting. I was in this kick where I thought, you know what, I'm gonna keep my book by my my bedside table and every night before I go to bed I'm going to take half an hour and I'm going to write something and it's going to be and that was my my grand idea was I was going to write some big song progression it was going to be like you know two weeks I was going to do it and then I'd have like 14 songs something stupid like that and I lasted two nights <laughs> like one and a half really and Nothing Good on TV was the first one I wrote and it was basically Every dumb thing I could think of that I watched or that I talked to people about watching was what that turned into. 
So it was like The Bachelor. It was like, you know, the Home and Garden channel, which was always on at my parents' house. And then the song kind of turned into being kind of critical of it. And then as you progress, it's like, well, I'm hooked on these things now. I can't stop watching. What was life like without these shows before? <laughs> like when we watched The Bachelor show, I, I got to the end. And I was like, man, that was crazy. And I thought, what did I just waste two weeks of my life watching? Like, what was life like before that? How did I think? I think differently now. That's sad. It's like, it's, it's a, you know, you could be the most enlightened person in the world and watch the stupidest TV, get completely hooked on it. And you, you turn into an idiot. And when it's done, you're like, you go into withdrawal. You're like, this is why, this is why these, these networks make money is because people are just watching these shows getting hooked and then they just can't live without them afterwards. I just thought like, take that to the extreme, <laughs> you know, and I've been there before. That's where that's, that's where that song came from. It was just basically a thought about those old, like, uh, like, uh, subterranean homesick blues, you know, that like Bob Dylan song. And I thought like just something quick, punchy, there's no chorus. It's just all, all lyrics. It's all just verses all the way through and just stream. I was going for Shel Silverstein. I'll be honest. Like, I think I was, <laughs> I, I was on a big Shel Silverstein kick and I was trying to do something that was simply, <laughs> something that was simple in his delivery and that would translate well to like an old, like, um, like boxcar song. That's that's basically the the song. Of course, your cover. What uh, what spurred that on? Was it picked for a reason, or is it something you just knew you could do well? Or it wasn't something I knew I could do. I can play a lot of songs better than that. <laughs> that's been that's been one of my favorite songs since I was a little kid. Oh yeah. I I first heard that song on one of those god awful teen bop cassettes that they put on the eighty. Remember those? Oh, it would yeah. be like. They do wake me up before you go go, and it was all kids singing it. Yeah. Well, I just remember like it was it was a bunch of kids singing "Everybody Wants to Rule the World," and I was obsessed with the song. And I only heard it in the kid the, the little teeny bop cassette. And every time I heard it on the radio, I just I'd freak out because it was a song that I knew. So I've loved it ever since. And then you know I got older, I saw saw the music video and everything. I was like, geez, like that's what those guys look like. Um, <laughs> but then I actually I actually listen to songs from the big chair and it's just it's just a brilliant album like it's so good and the songs are just so resonant like and like kids still listen to them but it's just uh i don't know i don't know what it is about that song i just love it so much and every time i hear it i think it's the one of the one songs i mean and it's on my my stupid little playlist on my on my ipod and everything but whenever i hear it i never skip it it's just, you know, I, I'm always in the mood to hear it. I could probably listen to it every day. Even while we 
it's just kind of well I wrote it today I'll be honest I wrote it today <laughs> um, but I was telling Frank like it was it mainly came out of just frustration because I have a one year old at home and she's teething right now and she freaks out constantly and that was that started with I, I put her down for a nap I walked out the door and she was like eh, right away and I was literally outside the door like I'm right here to be honest like, why are you freaking out I'm right here I'm not going anywhere and it was just just that weird like stressful parent attitude you have you know yeah. like why are you acting like this and it it turned into well you know I thought about you know the day she was born and everything and it was like the uh, that moment where you think well I'm not the most important person in my world anymore you know I've got to I've got to actually be you know kind of a guide to a little person now and it was it kind of came out of that it can be kind of like I guess if you you have anybody I guess in your in your life you know I think about my wife too you know it could be like when somebody something new enters your sphere you know and it's important to you 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 know, you have to be that, you have to kind of support that that person, you know, or that thing and make sure that they're not, you know, completely drifting off on their own. You know, if they need you, you're you're there for them. Makes absolute sense. Yeah. But, you know, as a parent, like it, I guess as anybody that you love, you know, if you said you want to guide them, makes... Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. I get it. I get you. And I yeah, get you. Yeah, I feel yeah. it. <laughs> I can't, I don't know. I kind of want to call you up, man. I think this is a cool <laughs> thing you're doing. I implore anybody else, any uh, any talented people in town, to do this. Um, I personally, as a, don't really see myself as a songwriter very much. I kind of see myself as more of a, you know, musician. I like to jump in on other people's stuff and kind of, you know, <laughs> I'm like a barnacle, you know. I just kind of like to latch on and add my little thing to it. But no, it's cool, man. You had me kind of thinking with a different part of my brain, which is. <laughs> which is always appreciated I just tell people if you're unsure of your abilities or what you're writing about or what you're singing about or playing about I mean you just have to keep doing it really and it might be it might be bad it'll probably be bad for a long time <laughs> I still think a lot of it's bad myself but uh, it gets better like I thought I was a bad guitar player for a long time and I feel like I'm a fair guitar player now, and I mean that's a that's a bit of a shift from bad to fair, but it's significant. I don't know. Just listen to music, play music, surround yourself with music, and life's pretty rad. Like it's a pretty good time. <laughs> Two, three, four.
Peace.